This is the Life School Podcast, episode number 161. Come on, do you really believe the Bible is all true and still relevant for today? Yep, sure do, and here's why. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby. I'm here with your host, Cesar Kalinowski. That's me. I'm thumping my Bible today, brother. Yeah, the, the original Bible thumper. The, the original Bible thumper. <laughs> I was just looking at some video of some training, the launch stuff we were doing, yeah. you know, at the house. That's cool. And uh, I was noticing that <laughs> we're doing the story of God, so we're teaching the whole arc, right? Yeah. The whole story. And I noticed in the background on the shelf, there's these two giant Bibles on a bookshelf in my living room. Now, those aren't the ones that we usually use or read, you know, and yeah, I'm mostly sure. digital these days, but these are like display Bibles, but it's like, man, this guy loves his Bible because <laughs> there's a big, they're huge. That is awesome. Man. And one of them's ancient and the other one was just, this is the biggest Bible I ever saw somewhere and I bought it. I was like, that is crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to have that if as a show If I ever do a video item. about, you know, nerdy Christians, I'm going to drag that sucker. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, we uh, we thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We just wanted to shout out to a couple thank reviews. Thank you, Heath. Yeah, thank, thank you. you, brother. You're, you're welcome. Love you. Man. A couple of reviews that we got in that just like we said last week are just so encouraging. Jay Fellows said, "So, so, so, so worth it." Four so's. Yeah. <laughs> God is really using Caesar and Heath's podcast to help me have the wisdom and courage to take the next step to live a missional lifestyle. Thanks, guys. Practical and inspiring. You go, Jay Fellows. Keep going, Jay. I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage everybody to that. Like, yeah. live the life you were created to live. And then Maddox Gentry said, This podcast gets me excited about some facet of who God is every time I listen. Every week, I never miss. It equips me more and more to follow Jesus on community with every episode. That's, man, that's so fun. There that's, you go. That's why we do this. Excellent. If you haven't left us a review yet, if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes and doing that, it helps us out. It helps Apple... When we get those influx and reviews, Apple looks at it and goes, hey, this is worth getting yep. out to some new people. Go to the show notes page. Go to our, you know, 123lifeschool.net yeah. or .com forward slash podcast. podcast yeah. And there's a link right there. Every episode. Yeah. Super, super easy. Or go ahead and just take an envelope out, stuff it with cash, and mail that on out to Heath. A briefcase, yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> I could use it. Either way, a, a, little, a little review with some stars. Briefcase full. <laughs> uh, this episode is dedicated to Greg Heidel, who challenged us on Facebook. He said, "Hey, here's a here's a topic I want you guys to go after that would be helpful, and here's Thanks, some Greg. questions." So we're doing it for you, Greg. So hey, buddy, thank you. Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> uh, Greg, um, the questions you're asking are actually kind of similar to the ones that I've been asking lately. I, I tend to roll with some friends and and people and networks who are beginning to more and more kind of question the validity of the relevance of the Bible like in today's culture mm -hmm. and how we live. I hear that more and more. Yeah, is it literal? Is it figurative? The Ten Commandments, the two? Are we rapture people? Are we new earth people? There seems to be a ton of different types of thought and opinion pulled out of Scripture, and we're arguing Scripture against each other as a basis. What are we supposed to do with all this, Caesar? Yeah, we can make the Bible say anything we want to say, right? <laughs> or not say. That's what it yeah. used to be, I think. You know, when I was, I'm an old Christian, so... but. I think we used to just make it say whatever we wanted and divide up into, you know, 1,200 different denominations mm -hmm. and call it, call, you know, get in your corner. <laughs> and I think now people are just going like, mm, yeah, I don't even want to put that much time into it and I just chuck it. Yeah. And it's just easier to say, yeah, yep. can't be. I mean, just look at it because what are you supposed to do? You can't wear, you know, clothing like this or, you, you know, you can't be a woman and you can't lead or, you know, it's like. Yeah, no tattoos. Wow. Okay. So first let me say that I believe the Bible is a super unique document. Mm. 
I just have to start by saying that if we're going to talk about it, okay, or a series of documents rather, and 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 it was I really believe it was breathed by God, hmm. and I say breathed because it was an oral document, yeah. you know, for a long time, and to compare the Bible sort of laterally, you know, like a straight comparison to any other book in history, I really think it starts us off on the wrong foot. Hmm. It really does, man. Yeah. So we tend to you you can't look at something as unique, best selling book in human history. Yep as unique as the Bible and its claims and then say, well, I kind of believe parts of it, but I don't like these, you know, and then compare that to like war and peace, you know, or like, sure. or, you know, uh, the Captain Underpants <laughs> Matrix trilogy, you know, or something. Sure. It's like, you just can't compare. It's, it's wholly unique. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of it, it's wholly unique. Okay. Absolutely. Now, additionally, I think we need to see the Bible accurately in a few ways be- before we can, ever start to slice and dice the data and the information and determine, you know, which parts we like or which parts we think are, are accurate. Sure. Okay. So first a Bible is a collection of books. Okay. It's 66 books written over a really long period of time by several authors. And like I already said, it was an oral document. Yeah. The old Testament for like eons before God in his sovereignty chose to have men empowered by the spirit, guided by the Holy spirit, God's own spirit. Write it down. But but it's gotta remember, it's a collection. Sure. Okay. Now, second, remember the Old Testament, um, like I said, was it was it was oral, but it was it was always read aloud in community and then discussed and the insights and meanings were applied together as a community. Hmm. And that's not how most people do it. Yeah. Now that we have written word, we get away, we get into our closet, our office, the pastor goes away for 20, 30, 40 hours a week, comes out, tells the whole congregation, this is it. That's what this passage means, you know, and everybody, no one agrees on any of it, right? That's not true. But you know what I mean? There's so much disagreement. (laughs) The office is the new Mount Sinai, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, but it was originally, it was an oral document. And then Mm. even after it was written down, it was always read aloud and in community and then discussed. Like, you wouldn't get through much scripture that way. Nope, they weren't in a rush. They weren't in a rush. Okay. Now, um, also, the New Testament, right? That the writings of the New Testament, they were written over a really long time. Sure, very much so after the events actually occurred, and by several different authors again in several several different genres. Now okay. we'll talk about genre and all that, and why that's so important in just a minute. Here, we'll talk a lot about that. Now, it's, it's important also to remember that the Bible, um, the, and the ones that most of us own and and have read, yeah. they're not assembled in chronological order. Okay. Surprise, you know, yeah. the 66 books as they were canonized, yep. okay, as the church leaders hundreds of years ago brought them together, put them together. They're not in order that the story actually unfolded hmm. and is still unfolding. Now, some people, I believe it or not, go, really? Yeah, well, if you've ever read it straight through, it's not. It loops back on its, it's yeah. it wasn't canonized. It wasn't assembled in order. It was assembled more like catalog. You know, sure. like the library thing. And so that's part of why when you give somebody a Bible and they don't know accurately how to read it, what it's about, how it came together, why God chose to put it together the way he did. Sure. They don't understand that. So it'd be kind of like me taking, and I've used this analogy before. I'm going to, I'm going to, I just finished this, you know, Grisham novel. Amazing. Oh, uh-huh. I love it. Right. And so I'm going to share it with my neighbor across the fence. Next time I see him out cutting the lawn. But what I'm going to do sneakily before I give it to him is I'm going to rip all the chapters out. I'm going to re-glue the book out of order. Fun. You know, whole chapters, yeah. I'll keep them together. You know, I won't shuffle the pages, but sure. I'll, and then I'll, I'll like, I won't tell them I did that. And I'll say, but this is a killer book, man. You know, got to read this. It'll yeah. really rock you. And then I'll check in with them. It's like, how are you liking that new book? 
Huh. What's he going to say? Can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm lost. I kind of started yeah, and kind of cool looped. To it, it started it looping around. Then I was like confused. Like, wait a minute. Didn't we already hear that? Sure. You know, see, and so you can get a chronological Bible, by the way, but, but not everybody knows that. So I think that's super important to remember. Hmm. And the Bible's all one big story. Yeah. Okay. The Bible's all one big story and people need to realize that. Yeah. So that's... those are all important things to come to. So why are those important things to come to? Like, why, why is this important for us today? Okay. So first off, to know what the book is and how it came together, and it was written by lots of people, and it was oral for a long Okay, all that. Because we can't forget these unique things about our Bible, and we can't treat them like a hit, the Bible like a history book sure. or a science textbook. That's great to know. See? Like, that's how we often do it. It's like, well, that can't be true because, you know, men went to the moon and the rocks are not that old. Or like, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, wait a minute. You're comparing... Apples to freaking pebbles, you know, yeah. you know, apples to birds. It's like they're not <laughs> the same. Worlds. So the Bible's not a history book. It's not a science textbook. You can't compare it that way. And most people, most Christians I know, they really don't know how to read the Bible. Hmm. Okay, and whole denominations have kind of mixed this stuff up, genre and literary device and all that. And then they build they build whole theologies and then practices and rules and like I said, denominations around it. Sure. So it'd be like, I don't know, like almost anything about, let's say, you know, like farming soybeans. Okay. But let's say there's, there's gotta be books and manuals out there, but sure. let's say I don't really ever barely read them. I don't really like soy milk. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't like the taste of it. It doesn't sit my stomach right. Yeah. And so I'll kind of glance at a few chapters here or there. And then I go, I don't think it's the best protein, you know, yeah. and I'll just discount the thing. Cause I don't know anything about it yeah. and I don't really know how to look into it. Even I don't even know, begin to, could I grow soy out back here? You know, yeah. my lawn, you I might consult it when the beans are dying, right? Like, yeah, yeah I need to read you a know, maybe. maybe then, you know, so uh, that's how people read the Bible. And that's how people chuck the Bible too. And just go, even Christians go like, well, that's not really that relevant. Cause look at what it says here. Like, wait, whoa, whoa, you're taking that yeah. so out of context. What if I took, you know, a little piece of a conversation you had with your wife 15 years ago. Yep. And I said, so that's what your marriage is based on. Oh, you said it. Can't <laughs> yeah. deny it. Yeah. I guess you're a liar. Guess it's false then. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's way out of context. Yeah. That was actually a middle of a joke. We were actually talking about something funny and laughing our guts out. Yeah. And it's called sarcasm. That's a device, you yeah. know. And, and 10, 15 years later, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I just remember crying, laughing about it. So no, that's not what my marriage is built on. Well, you said it. Yeah. You yeah, can't. Get abused so much but we do it by thousand. We do it at times a million. Sure. And we say, well, that's studying the Bible, and that's why it can't be true, it can't be relevant. No, no. So yeah. I'm going to say right now, like, here's the pit, here's the tipping point for us in this talk. Well, is the Bible relevant? Yeah, it's absolutely relevant. Yeah. Is it is it real? Is it true? Absolutely. If you understand what it is and how to read it, huh. okay? And so in, in IMHO, in my humble opinion, right? okay, or not so humble opinion, <laughs> I think the Bible is best read and understood as a series of stories and narratives that God has given to us humans to best understand who he is and what he's like. Yeah. And he proves this over and over as the story unfolds. Yep. And it really does repeat itself like, you know, like from a zillion different angles. So we can't miss it. We talked about like some of those feasts last week and all these different angles. Right. And then all of this shows us what is true after showing us what he's like, shows us what's true about us and our identity, how God sees us. And then how we get to live in this world. 
because mm. of who we are, how he's created us to be like sure. him in his image, and then rightly interact with God and care for his creation, which includes other humans. Yeah. Okay? So it's best understood, not as a science book, not proof texting out of genre, not a context, and trying to apply it here and say, well, it can't be true because look at that, it's not true. Sure. It's not my experience. No, it's, it's a series of stories best understood like that, and it's unfolding God's revealing truth about himself and who we are and how we get to live. That's okay. amazing. And you got to remember, all of this fits together as one big story. The yeah. Bible's all one big story. I didn't always know that. Yeah. I really didn't. Oh, when you, when you actually look at it as a story, it changes everything. I mean, it's you can't go back to the other way. Peace. I was in church for 30, 40 years, you know, until I started realizing, oh my gosh, it really, really is all one complete story. Yeah. And it all fits together. But I would see all the preaching, all the classes, Bible college, seminar, all that stuff. It didn't teach it that way. Yeah. You're drilling down microscopically, topically, sort of to apply it to behavioral modification. Sure. Making sure we could get to heaven, you know, or something, yeah. right? So anyway. Hey, one of the things you just hit on uh, that I want to remind people of is we just a couple episodes did uh, a conversation about identity and what God says is true of all of us. Uh, that's episode 158, and we had Joe Saxton on. Awesome, awesome episode. Ugh. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen back to that, that's episode 158. And then also episode 148, which is about who you are and why do you matter. I think both of those will be helpful in people growing in their understanding of, of who they are. Identity, yeah. yeah, exactly. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, so um, Greg asked, one of the things that he put in the Facebook suggestion was, I wonder if at times we want to do what we want to do, and therefore we rationalize Scripture theologically, or if it is really a biblical sound evolution of God's words. Whoa. Good question, Greg. Yeah. So what are some ways, or maybe even perhaps some different lenses, that Christians today can use uh, if they want to get better at interpreting and applying the Bible. Okay. Um, let's talk about the importance of genre. Okay. Okay. I kind of said I'd get there. Um, first, there's there's literal language mm-hmm. in the Bible. Okay. Facts and actual events. Not literal. And there's a lot of figurative language in there as well. And it's important to pay attention to what is being said and how. Yeah. So, you know, if something's not literal, it's figurative, then you shouldn't take it as literal. But sure. people do it all the time. And then they discount it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was it meant to be taken literally? That was figurative language. Literal language means exactly what it says. Hmm. Whereas like figurative language uses simile, yep. right? Metaphors, hyperbole, and personification to decri- describe something that's not, like it's inanimate, uh, or often through comparison with something else. For instance, here's a literal description. Grass looks green. Hmm. But a figurative description was the grass looks like spiky green hair. <laughs> That's a simile. Yeah. So, you know, if in scripture said the, the grass was like spiky green hair. Oh, see? Hair's not hair unless it's spiky and green. No, see, that's figurative. It was talking about grass and your hair's not, you know. Yeah. So you wouldn't do it, right? But people yep. do it in scripture all the time. Or the flower smells sweet. That's literal. Okay. But figurative would be the flower is the sweetest smelling thing in the world. See, mm. it's hyperbole. It's taking something and it's blowing it up so big that you get it. Yeah. Wow, flowers smell great. I love that, man. Is it really? I don't know. If that, is it the point? Well, it's the sweetest. Well, if it's not the sweetest, I guess it's a lie. Well, no, it's, it's hyperbole. You got to understand the device. Yeah, exactly. And that's all. There's hyperbole all through scripture. Or grasshoppers make a, a high-pitched noise. That'd be literal. Okay. A figurative description might be grasshoppers are like fiddlers who play their legs. <laughs> and they're personifying like a fiddle with a grasshopper. You know, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Now, all that stuff's going on. Okay. And then there's metaphor. Okay. And lots of that is in the Bible. You, you know, you've heard expressions like he drowned in a sea of grief. Yep. Or she's fishing in troubled waters there, you know? <laughs> okay. Now, all these expressions have one thing in common. 
A situation, you know, is being compared to a real thing. All the way the situation is not actually the particular thing. Yeah. It's so you can learn and understand it, right? Sea of grief. Well, how and where does one come across a sea that is filled not with water but with grief? Yeah. But we get it. It's metaphor. Yeah. It's his, there's so much grief. It's like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. huge, right? Yeah. It's, or fishing. It's not used to mean the person's actually fishing, you know, in a sea of, you know, or in troubled <laughs> waters. It's an expression used to signify a person's looking for something that's pretty difficult to t- obtain. Yeah. We're going to get them in trouble. So the Bible has lots of metaphors. I mean, think about it. here's, I mean, literally pages and pages of metaphor. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is a commonly alluded to metaphor from one of the most famous passages in all scripture. God's compared to a shepherd, someone whose duty is to look after and care for a sheep. Let me just tell you, the Lord doesn't have a part-time job tending sheep. (laughs) That's metaphor. Everybody gets that. Yeah. Okay. Or Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger and he who believes in me will never thirst. Well, in that metaphor, Jesus is comparing himself to bread, bread of life, symbolic that Jesus offers eternal fulfillment. He, his his life will sustain our lives. Yeah. Jesus' metaphor suggested he can sustain us in that spiritual sense. Jesus isn't a loaf of bread. You're saying he's not a literal loaf of bread. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, there I am, going out on a limb, bro. You know? Right? Yeah. Now, so those are devices, and then let's look at specific genres themselves that are found in the Bible. There's historical narratives. Hmm. They're actually narratives. They're historical. This is a list of stuff. Sure. So Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Second, you know, Samuel, First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Jonah, Acts. So that's historical narrative. There you go. Okay. That storyline. That yep. stuff went down. Okay. Okay. Now, along though, though those historical narratives, often they will break into some of the other genres. So you have the law. That's the last half of Exodus, and also Leviticus, Deuteronomy. It's okay. law. It's a very a law book. My son's an attorney. Yeah. I've read some of his law briefs. Oh my gosh, they read like I don't know what. <laughs> they're not story. They're not science fiction. They're not. They're. It's a whole nother world. Yeah. Well, we've got two and a half books full of it. You know what I mean? Sure. And then it's sprinkled throughout as well. Wisdom books: Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Okay. They're the books of wisdom. You have to read, and and they're full of, like I said, both figurative and literal. Sure. And figurative, literal, and they're full of simile and metaphor and all that. Yeah. Well, you see, you can't just read. A simile and go like, well, there it is. Can't do that. Like, whoa, whoa. You know? Yeah. Then you got Psalms and, and Song of Solomon, Lamentations. That's yep. more poetry. It's By the way, part of Genesis starts out with poetry. Yeah. Right? That's really poetry it's, yeah. that leads to narrative. So it starts out with a poem. That, okay. Yeah. It's moving and then, all around. Then you got all the books of prophecy. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Zechariah, sure. Malachi, right? Lots. Then you've got some apocalyptic books. Very different type of literature. Yeah. Apocalyptic, Dan- Daniel, Book of Revelation. Yeah. It yeah, is the- so full of metaphor and simile. It's not historical narrative. Yeah, and you do it a disservice if you actually were to try to take something like that literally, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you I remember growing it. up thinking, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm Daniel, I'm going to get thrown into a lion's den. You yeah. know, I'm going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> me and That's Shadrach were in an oven. Oh my God! You know, a bed nigo. How do you pronounce? You know, it's like I remember being a kid, like looking for different. Like my mom was concerned about lasers and stuff. That or not my mom, but my my friend's mom. Like, man, you're gonna, you got to watch out. You can't go to this store because they they're gonna imprint the chip of six 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 in your forehead and stuff like All that. Like, that. Don't take that so like That's that is an apocalyptic <laughs> type of literature full of simile and metaphor yeah. and all kinds it's of beautiful stuff. Okay, the way it is, yeah, yeah. And, and there again. To be learned from, okay? Yeah. But then then you have, there's another genre, Gospels. Those are actual accounts of things that went down purposely from different perspectives. Yep. 
Remember I said it's a series of narratives. Yep. Book of Acts, also narrative. With, you know, them on their journeys sure. now, living out Jesus' life. They get to live the same life he did. And then there's the epistles, which are letters. That's what the word means. Yeah, a lot of you got writings. Romans, you got the first, second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all the way, right? First, sure. second, John, Jude, all, lots of stuff, right? Those were letters now. Yep. Now think about when you write someone a letter. Yeah. Do you sometimes put like, okay, and then this happened. So there's a little historical narrative. Yeah. And then sometimes have you ever dropped in a metaphor? So I felt like the biggest dummy, you uh-huh. know, like on Mars, you know, it's like, well, never been, you know, yeah. and then... You might get into like that's it I'll reminded you, me of I'll love you to the ends of the earth. Yeah. You're like you can't literally do that. I mean that's what that, does that mean? Yeah. Right. And so letters, but then if you're writing it to someone specific, like my wife, I have a tattoo that like there's a there's a there's a little phrase that she has signed off letters to me in notes forever and ever and ever. Huh. Okay. And it's always in forever. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's originated with her or us, but sure. that means something to us, right? But if I wrote always forever to you, you'd be like, that's weird, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and is it really always and forever, like whatever she just wrote about? No, yeah. but she's implying something about her affection for me and our relationship huh. and all that. Yeah. See, letters are written with specific purposes to specific people or specific people, groups, and they're often full of all kinds of genre. But they, So then you have to read them like, okay, this was years ago, and I wrote this letter to my son. It was right after high school and he was moving away overseas and he had been asking me about this and he was starting to have this in his life. Sure. It wasn't great. And so I wrote him this letter and I poured out my heart and I I used analogy and I used stuff from my past life. I referenced old stuff that happened in his life. Yeah. And no one else would probably understand it. Yeah. But it really changed him. Hmm. See, so that's what the epistles are full of. So it sounds like it's really important for us to understand this genre stuff, right? Like I had a conversation today with a guy who says the Bible is completely literal. And I go, it's not, Ooh. Yeah, it's just that's, not, that's tough. If you've done any little bit of study of, of, uh, you like know, God literacy. is my rock. Like I like, a yeah, God's rock. a rock. There he is. It's just like a boulder. I hit him with a hammer. Didn't even hurt it. You know, it's like, yeah. no, it's but, not, there is literal stuff in there. Sure. And it's truth. Absolutely. Just like poetry can be true, but it's a poem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and different genres have different purposes, right? Like when you're putting together something from Ikea, you're not going to have tons of allegory and hyperbole. It's going to be, here's kind of the step Picture by step. Picture a guy holding an Allen wrench and <laughs> yeah. pointing stuff and you get it done. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was allegory. It's a different you type totally of literature. Misinterpret it, yeah? It's illustrative, you know? So it sounds like we do need to understand this genre stuff at least yeah. a little bit before we make big decisions about the Bible and what it says and its relevance, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And, and I don't think we do. And I, and I remember like when the light bulb for this really, really started going on in my life was during seminary, which I would, I didn't go to, I didn't seminary until I was 40, you sure. know, planting churches and, you know, yeah. and all this, I was late bloomer in that sense. But I mean, I knew the word, but not like, you know, maybe today I'm still learning. Right. Sure. But I remember going through our, you know, hermeneutics. Right. Yeah. And realizing, oh, I need to go back and reread that book completely. Cause I read that through the lens of this. Huh. And wait a minute, right in the middle of that, this statement isn't literal. It's figurative. Because that's how people write letters. Yeah. And then I, you know, go back to this, like, well, that's an apocalyptic thing. I've spent years and years and years trying to sort that out. And I'm totally worried about tattoos or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. But then it says Jesus is coming back with King of Kings, Lord of Lords written on his thigh. Is he really? Hmm. If he is, he's got tattoos. So then get off of people's case. You know, yeah. so you, you we, we never do that in anything else. And I, I say this to people like, okay, so let's take a genre, um, comedy. That's a genre, yeah. right? You can write a book or you can watch a movie or it can be music. It's, it's comedic, right? Sure. It's comedy. Would it be appropriate and beneficial if you read um, comedy and you said, but I didn't realize it was a comedy. So I read it in the genre of historical narrative. And yeah. apparently those people 
are crazy. I'd <laughs> yeah, never go there. Work. Those Irish, you know, yeah. whatever, you know. So yeah. you go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you not realize this was a comedy? Huh. Or let's say something was hysterical, uh, historical, <laughs> oops, <laughs> historical narrative. In other words, this is actually true. Sure. But you thought it was apocalyptic. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so full of metaphor and simile and, you know, pictures and imagery to kind of cause us yeah. to think differently about something. And you went, whoa. So... That's going to happen again? No, no, no. That we don't we don't use ball and musket and all, you know. Yeah. And all, you know, like Jesus isn't a loaf of bread. Okay, so like he comes back, we're going to hang out and eat his arm? Like do I get to butter it, you know, like bake it? Like I love garlic bread, you know. Yeah, See, garlic. like you would never do that with other books and types of literature. Mm. You wouldn't you wouldn't go to work like say your job was, you know, I don't know, you're a technician of some sort and you're repairing some sort of machinery. Yeah. There's manuals for that. You wouldn't say, well, you know what? I just got tired of that manual. I just couldn't even get into it anymore. It wasn't oh. helping my wife and kids. And so now I'm repairing copiers, but I got this killer book of poetry I use. Yeah, it doesn't work. You're not working there much longer. You know yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, so yes, it's super important. And so do I think the Bible's true? Absolutely. If you know and understand why it came together, what God's purposes were, why there's so... Now, why is there so many genres and literary styles and devices? Sure. Because that's how diverse God is. That's beautiful. And that's how diverse our lives are. Mm. No one would trust a manual like, here's the 10 things only. What if we only had the 10 commandments? By the way, people don't even understand those. Yeah. People don't understand those. The laws were given as, this is how you get to live with me. And so the first half, it's all about relationship with me. Second half, it's all about how you live with others. Hmm. This is super important to me. Yeah. Doesn't work if there's not trust. Doesn't work if you're on the throne. I have to be. That's why it's the first commandment. So we don't even understand that. Yeah, so we turn we everything into that. something it was never meant to be. Then when we get sick of it, because it's been wrong all along, we chuck it. It couldn't be that way. Hmm. Now, notice, I'm purposely avoiding all these hot button issues in the press. Sure. Because th- that does it a disservice. That does this amazing book, this amazing word of God, disservice. If I say, well, this or that. Go back and take these things that you're so up in arms about or so ready to chuck scripture. Go like, well, look at this and look at this. Do you say the opposite things? Do they really? I've yet to have anybody, and I'm not even Mr. Joe theologian here, Mr. Hermeneutical expert, but I've not had anybody yet bring me something like, see there, that proves it's, that proves it's false. Hmm. Oh, wait a second. Let's go back. Let's, first off, this is the genre. It's not even what it's talking about. Don't, don't pull out 18 words. Let's go back a chapter or a whole book. Yeah. Or let's put the whole let's put the whole thing back in order. And then now let's look at that. What do you think that means? I mean, something completely different, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. And that's why we so misunderstood it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. Hey, let's get to big three, which is the big three takeaways we want people to walk away with from this episode. Minimally, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and there's obviously a lot you could take. This is a a way of actually changing the trajectory of how you read scripture. You can get these for free by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 161 right now. Caesar, what are the big three for this week? Here we go. Big three. First one, the Bible is never meant to be a book of rules, historical data, or a science manual. Hmm. Okay. It's just not. If you use it that way, you know, it's not going to work. Reading it properly, understanding the genre and type of literature devices. So like stuff I was talking about, simile, narrative, figurative, all that, literal, will help you to better read and understand what God is conveying in each passage. Hmm. Okay. It is key that we understand that the Bible is one big story in order to best fit this all together accurately. And it does. Yep. Beautifully, amazingly. And otherwise we're in danger of like proof texting ourselves and everyone else into error and legalism. Hmm. That's good. Okay. All right. Number two. Number two. God desires, I think, above all, that you would know him and believe what he says is true about you and that you trust him in every area of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's why he gave us his word. 
And it's all, every bit of it, I believe this is all for our good and his glory. Second Timothy 3.16, all scriptures God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. And the Bible's not a dusty old book. It's not dead. Huh. It meets us right where we are at today yep. and uniquely compared to any other type of document in, in human history. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive. It's alive and active. It's yeah. alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. like the yeast, yeah. That's great. Okay. Third, the Bible is best read and understood as a series of stories. Mm-hmm. I know it's not all story and narrative, but it's best understood that way. The text and narratives help us understand who God is and what he's like. And Jesus, son of God, came to show us what is true about us and our identity and how God sees us and how we get to live in this world with him. So become a student of the word. Read uh, the gospels often. Like really look at Jesus' life and what he said. Yep. Being a true disciple requires that we know and trust and obey God's word. That's right, ma'am. It really does. You can't chuck the word and and then say, but I love Jesus. You know, he is the word. He is the word made flesh. Yeah, I love that. Again, if you want to get those big three, you can get them for free by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 161 right now. Uh, We're done with this episode, but we'd like to thank you for joining us. If you haven't yet joined the Facebook group, great time to do it get over there find look, us look it up look up life school Let's podcast and we'll approve you uh next week is going to be a little bit different but it's going to be really fun and oh, fascinating it's super fascinating yeah uh you showed me this video a while back and it was like hey we've got to do a podcast talk about, about this. this so it's about companies that shape our lives that you might not know about and how it relates to the gospel in everyday four life. huge companies that everybody deals with all Probably the time daily yeah close to. some of you for all four of them every day yeah and you're not even thinking of how it's affected your life yeah. yeah so we'll get into that really cool hang out with us next monday thanks for joining us today for more information you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast